0: Hey, Brandon, thank you so much for joining the We Don't Play podcast show. How are you today? I'm um, doing uh, well. Thanks for having me on today. You're most welcome. Anytime, anytime. I know we're going to be discussing a lot about SEO and social media marketing, especially when it comes to Google Ads, especially with your audience. So before we even go and get started, please let us know who you are, what you do, and it would be great for us to start it off from there.
1: Yeah, my name is Brandon Leiblitz. I've been involved with digital marketing since 2007, helping people get more traffic to their websites using SEO, social media, doing paid ads, doing email marketing, kind of do it all, but really focus more on the SEO side of things, just because it's a way to tap into that free traffic and I spend money on ads when you get up there for free. So been doing that ever since 2007, working at different advertising agencies and always working on the side, building on my own. Business, doing the freelance work and built it up to enough where I was able to put my job a few years ago and focused solely on this and they've just been focused on the free traffic over the past fifteen
0: years. Wow, that's heavy. I would I would really love for you to kinda like give us a way back machine, right? Just tell us a little bit about how SEO was in two thousand and seven and then fast track it to two thousand and seventeen and then tell us what's happening in this recent five years that has happened, so it would be good to hear that from you too.
1: SEO has pretty much stayed the same for the most part, it's just Google's user algorithm to stop spam. So that's really the main thing, is they're just trying to pick off low quality sites that are gaming the system and tricking Google by having like duplicate content or having low quality backlinks and things like that. But Overall, the strategy remains the same for the most part, except for, like, mobile. You <clears throat> know, in, about, like, 2011, where Google had the Hummingbird update and said, all right, I'll focus on the semantic web. I'll make sure that we're ready for the mobile or speed, where they realize speed is very important, especially for mobile. I'm like, shifting back towards mobile. But other than that, it's just kind of make sure you have good quality content, good key- or keywords in the right places, not spamming Google or your website, not spamming keywords all over it and making sure you build good quality backlinks was really kind of the main things. And over the years it hasn't changed too much except for people that have found loopholes and ways to spam. And But Google, which Google's like, no, we don't want you to game the system. We want you to work to get these rankings.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I think one of the major things that I would definitely highlight is back then, back in the day, it was more sort of like black hat SEO styles where, like you said, people were just gaming the system and trying to just rank and put keyword stuffing in there just because Google didn't really know any better at the time. But now it's more so like a white hat SEO where it's it's pretty much based on fair play and how we can be able to connect those dots. So when you see those practices, especially for someone that has seen everything from the way it started and the way it is now, what are the major things that you can actually take away and let our audience know about how SEO really works? Because when you hear SEO, it's so daunting. Like when someone hears it, they're like, SEO, ah, I don't wanna be there. You know, so how do you simplify it for someone who has no clue about SEO but really needs this SEO to boost their business?
1: Well, it just depends on what type of business you are, but mm-hmm. the most important thing is really like adding good content to your website. So you can tell people instead of trying to go in and change the coding and do all this technical stuff, you just add more text to your page. The more content you have on every single page, the easier it is for the search engines to read and understand that page and understand what keywords you're focusing on. So instead of trying to get all technical or worrying about like speed or all these technical things, just focus on user experience, make sure it's a good user experience, that's good quality content. And that's gonna really help out without getting too technical with the SEO.
0: Okay, okay. One thing that struck out to me the most that you mentioned right now is good quality SEO, good quality content. And when I hear good quality content, what are the features that at least administer that type of good quality content?
1: Um, just making sure it's original content, mm-hmm. not popping content from one page to another because that's something that Google will penalize you for and don't want Google to penalize you. So that's really the most important thing is making sure it's original content, making sure you write for the user, not for the search engines. Don't just put keywords to put keywords in there. Write for people, don't write for Google, because Google's able to pick up on synonyms, plurals, they can even pick up with keywords that aren't even there, just understand the semantic web and intent behind what type of content you're putting out there, but just make sure, put out good quality content, and usually, the content length just depends on your competitors. On average, most people say put about 400 words of text per page, but that's mm. not how it should be. It's you need to put more text than the competitors. So what I would do is go into Google, search for your keywords, see who's on that first page of Google, open up all those websites, not the ads, but the organic, the free yeah. listings, mm-hmm. open the ads, open them all up and see how much text everyone has on their website and you can kind of average it out. If everyone has 100 words, maybe you only need 150 words. If Everyone has 2,000 words, you probably should put 2,100 words. So. we got to find the competitors because SEO, we're not trying to be Google. It'd be nice if we could, but Google changes every single day. So there's right. no way we're gonna beat Google's algorithm. But we could see what your competitors are doing and do a better job of SEO than they've done. Because that's really what it all comes down to is, who's on that first page of Google? How much SEO have they done? and How can we do a better job of it? And by on the competitors, the content, you see all that stuff there. Also, you could search in Google. And when you search in Google for your keywords, there's a section called people also ask. They're all high search volume phrases, questions that people, ask frequently to Google. So if you take those questions and copy them, put them on your website, and then answer them in your own voice, that will also potentially get you in that people also ask, get you in a feature snippet, but also you could put FAQ schema and mark it up. There's all these things that you can do with that, which really helps out in enhancing that content. But those are just a few things. Also like the title, really important, Making sure you put keywords in that title, making sure you interlink the pages together. So when you're writing content, you want to link to other blog posts or other pages, services, products on your website so people don't just read the content, get to the end and wonder what to do. There's also the search engines read that content and look for internal links to follow as a kind of a roadmap for them.
0: Mm. Now, what you said is so important because when I hear about internal linking especially because there's something else i wanted to come to your attention on but i want to stick on internal linking for a little bit now if somebody wants to read an article you know how people just read at the top of the page and then scroll all the way to the bottom and then they scroll right back up just like when someone buys a book they they check the title they turn it over they read the synopsis the summary and then they turn it back and start reading it's kind of like the same thing when i think about a web page it's like a book page so If someone wants to click on those internal links, like you mentioned, and that's very right of what you said, you know, right for the user, right for the human, right for the person that's needing this information. Would you put related content in between the copy? Or would you put the related internal links at the bottom of that article? And why?
1: You just gotta make it look natural, whatever flows best. So don't just put internal links to put internal links. I mean, you wanna maybe put a couple and if you can't figure out where to put them, put them at the very bottom, but try to make it flow, make it natural, and you know, I'll just put a bunch of links at the bottom that might look a little spammy to Google, but if you put it internally in the content, maybe in the first paragraph, there's one link, in the 10th paragraph, there's another link somewhere else, so it's not just a bunch of links all at once, that would look probably a little bit more natural to Google.
0: Mm. so is there a set number to put, like if you have one article, should you say, three four links and then maybe two at the bottom or vice versa Not
1: really It's whatever it's then i would just get right for people if you're trying to just squeeze in links that's more of like the old way to do it black hat style but that's help out to put those internal links but i would just try to make it yeah not put too many but but enough where it seems all but maybe one or two for every 400 words or one for every 400 words but that's just the numbers out
0: there yeah thank you so much for that i appreciate that because it helps people to have at least some type of blueprint to work with because you know seo is so big when you hear a technical on page off page it, they get lost and they don't want to do the work they don't want to actually you know commit to that work because they don't know what to expect so you know you also mentioned something like the people also ask section now when i think about duplicate content is this something that we should do let's say the question is what is digital marketing and then that's under people also ask should the person that's writing about that type of article get that exact phrase or should they paraphrase it in their own way and then google is going to translate it in their own way how does that work for the user
1: i would just copy it verbatim because that's a phrase google's telling you right there this is what people also ask so take that phrase or that question and then answer it in your own words but there's always going to be duplicate content. If you're selling blue jeans, you can't really write a unique product description all the time for blue jeans. Though. Or there's like footers, copyright stuff, so right. terms of service. There's always duplicate content all over the internet. As long as the majority of your content's not duplicate, that's fine. But it's okay to have some because it's natural. There's no way not to have duplicate content in the human language. Whatever language you speak in, English or whatever language you're in, there's always going to be some duplication of it. There's no way to avoid that.
0: Exactly. I like that you said blue jeans because my next question was going to come to the images when you think about when you think about image SEO. You know, some people leave the alt text blank. Some people don't even rename their file names with the target keywords hyphenated. So those are things that people look into, but they don't really pay attention to either. So if we're talking about blue jeans, like let's be in context now and someone you see somebody wearing blue jeans or trying to wear blue jeans or how to wear jeans or where to find jeans. Now, those images how important is seo with those images when it comes to ranking and serp results
1: well if you want to optimize your images you got to optimize the file name before you upload it to your website and then add in the alt tag so when you upload it to whatever platform you're on it's usually gonna say title description alt text or alternative text and that's where you want to Describe what that image is about. Don't put keywords in there in the file name or in the alt text. Just describe what that image is about. If it's a bunch of people smiling, just put happypeople.jpg or PNG or whatever it is. Don't put happy people SEO company. That would be really spammy. But eventually you're gonna have pictures of your product or service and that's gonna have your keywords in it, but don't just put keywords to put keywords. That's an old way to do it and not the best strategy. It's a lot better just to describe, be descriptive, describe what that image is about. In a few words that's the main thing
0: now with all text or all tags or alternative tags or alternative text when i think about the descriptive like the way you said be descriptive some people can be descriptive and literally give you two paragraphs <laughs> so what is the limit and why is that the limit
1: just a couple words you don't want to have it too much you want to just describe that images just quickly go descriptive you don't need to be writing paragraphs because search engines just need to know what that image is about. If you're trying to write all that paragraph or content around it, you should put that content on the page, not on the image. Mm. That's going to help out a lot more.
0: Google wants that text. Exactly. I think that's a big thing too. And also the in-text graphic too plays a big role into it because you know, when someone is reading something on the internet, they want to, you know, be visually impacted. They want to feel connected to what they're reading, even though it's in yellow or in black. You know, it really gives someone some type of perspective to work with. So, when you think about the content pages, right? How many images are enough, and I would say satisfactory for the search engines and also for the users to feel connected to the to the content, so they don't feel like they're being overwhelmed with content or images, for that matter. It
1: depends. If your e-commerce website, you probably want more images. If you're Selling a product or a physical or a service, you might not want as many products. So it just depends. Or images, but it just depends on what your website is. It really depends. It's not really a one size fits all. Or this website should be like this. This website should be like this. It just depends on who your audience, is what you're promoting, and how to make it stand out in a way that converts them and resonates with them and keeps them engaged and interesting.
0: Yeah, I believe so too. And and one thing that it comes to engagement, which is, I'm so happy that you mentioned that. Is social media because social media is a top ranking factor for SEO, you know, when it comes to ranking on Google search or ranking just within the algorithm. Now, when you think about social media, what are the things to think about when applying SEO? Because people that use social media don't think about SEO necessarily, and of course, social media is not SEO apart from like Pinterest, YouTube, and the likes because those are search engines, but things like Facebook, platforms like Twitter, you know, like TikTok or Instagram? You know, how does someone think about SEO when they're using social media for their business or even personal just for ranking purposes?
1: If they're trying to use social media just to help market themselves and they need to just figure out who their audience is and what platforms they're on because you got to think about who your audience is, where are they going to be? Are they going to be on Google searching for you? Are they going to be on Yelp? TripAdvisor? or Are they going to be on Instagram looking for you? Like if you're a dentist, probably not gonna get much traction off Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. I mean, you might get some people, but most people are probably gonna go on Google to find you. But you're like, if you're like a sports team or something newsworthy, then social media is gonna be really great, or a musician. Stuff like that works really, really well on social, but you just gotta know who your audience is and where they are. Usually social media is a good way to put a face behind the company and build trust up, to let people know you are really who you say you are, that you're a real business, that you're trustworthy, that people could shop with you, that money, purchase off you, they can read reviews, see testimonials, things like that, but in general, it just depends on who your audience is. Are they on social, or are they going to be on another platform, because you really need to be where your audience is. That's number one. Mm. You don't need to be everywhere. This media is at.
0: I like that. You need to be where they are at, because social media is busy, and there's so many things that you can do on social media, but when you think about search engine optimization, you really think about the, the way it ranks. So. When I'm thinking about what you just said, one of the things that I I did a quick study on this, and I would love to hear your opinion on this, when you search for a business name on Google, and you get those seven to ten SERP results, now, if let's say you get your website, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Does that really mean that the order at which Google has given that listing is dependent on the way you can rank better. For instance, if I focus more on Facebook, then I'll focus more on on Facebook than LinkedIn. Does that mean that my content on my website will gain more traffic because of the domain authority on LinkedIn as opposed to Facebook or vice versa? How do you play that out? Because when people look at those results, they don't know which one to start with. They're like, ah, I'm confused. So if someone looks at that just plain sight, how how can they help that process?
1: Google is always going to rank social media. So whenever you come search for your company name, your company or your website should show up number one. And then there's always going to be social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, LinkedIn. One of those or a few of those will rank at the top of Google. But it just depends on how much SEO has been done to those pages, and those are going to rank higher than another one. It doesn't mean it's going to be better for your audience. It just means those pages have more trust. Maybe had a Twitter page and someone backlinked to it. So that Twitter profile page got a backlink and that's gonna rank higher. And you might only have five followers on that Twitter. You might have 20,000 on Facebook, but because that Twitter got that backlink, it's gonna help rank it higher in Google. So it just depends on how much SEO has been done to those specific pages. So if you want one one to rank higher, then you need to build backlinks to that page.
0: Now, when someone hears backlinks, could you just tell us a little bit more? Because I'm really thinking about the audience. I know we both are SEO, we go in, we're experts, but I'm thinking about that person who has no clue. So when they hear a backlink, what is that and how can they acquire that to their website?
1: Backlink is a clickable link from another website that points to yours. So if you're reading an article on the New York Times and it says Brandon Leibowitz, can you click on it and it goes to my website, I'd be getting a backlink from the New York Times. So, the more websites set up clickable links that point to your website, the higher up you're going to rank. And that is the most important part of SEO. Without backlinks, it's pretty much impossible to rank on Google. You're not going to be able to rank. Google's whole algorithm started based off backlinks, still heavily based off backlinks to this day. It's changed a lot how they look at them, but it's still primarily based off backlinks. And there's a lot of different ways to get backlinks. The best way is just find your competitors and look at their backlinks using different tools like Moz or some rush or hrefs and you get spying your competitors backlinks
0: now those backlinks let's say like you said reach out to them is this a generic email to just say hey i saw your post about digital marketing trends and i have an article on this can you backlink to me is it as simple as that or is there some more technical stuff you got to do to get that acquisition in?
1: Well, you just got to figure out what your competitors are doing if they joined the bbb you join the bbb you joined the Chamber of Commerce, you joined the Chamber of Commerce. If they're on, on Yelp, you go on Yelp. If they are had an article on Forbes, you could reach out to the author on Forbes, but every website's gonna be different that they got a backline from. You just gotta figure out how they got it, what strategy were they utilizing, and how could you acquire it? And that's where you just gotta get creative.
0: I see that, I see that. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm thinking about, you know, Google Ads as well. You know, when we think about Google Ads, I don't click the first three links on Google ads or the first three listings and I'm sure some people don't. Some do, you know, depending on if they want to click on it, but most people don't. So my question would be, is Google ads important or are Google ads important? Because people won't click on them anyways. So how important are Google ads for businesses
1: Google ads work? because. SEO takes about six months. So if you're waiting six months, you might want some traction and Google ads work. Not everyone clicks on the ads, but people do click on the ads. And it's not only just search text ads, you can run banner ads, you can run email, you can run YouTube ads, you can discovery ads. So a lot of other ads you can run on there, not just the text ads. A lot of people do skip over the text ads, but people still click on them all the time because Google is making fortune. I see when I worked at ad agencies, they be spending like $20 million a month on search ads they're a medium-sized advertiser to Google kind of crazy
0: wow so that just hit that just hit me really hard when you said if they spend 20 million dollars a month on that number one result do you think their cost acquisition per lead is going to give them that return on investment because I know you said six months may take a while for someone to rank on Google but if within that first month do you think they can get as much back or does Google point out that information to the most people based on the highest bidder
1: no, there's a lot of parts with the Google algorithm for paid ads, Okay, but it just depends on your return on your investment. If you're selling a product for $10,000, then it's all good. You don't mind spending that money, especially when you know people are gonna refer it to friends and family, and that $10,000 a year is gonna just translate to more and more people. The company was a pretty big company. They're selling a high-ticket item, but
0: it works. Now, when I think about Google ads or ads in general, just when it comes to SEO ranking especially on the Google SERP when I think about ranking factors and like you said if I have a product that's $10,000 how much would I need to spend let's actually scale it down because I don't want it to be too overwhelming let's say someone has a $97 product and they just want to get more eyeballs to their product they may have a course they may have a membership and they just want to spend X amount of dollars to get those number of leads or maybe those get those, those number of conversions, how many times does someone have to invest into that kind of product for them to receive those type of results as opposed to just six months out?
1: Yeah, usually it's like 1% conversion rate okay. average. So that's where you just got to factor in out of every 100 visitors, maybe one might become a lead or a sale client and you just got to figure out that return on investment. How much does it cost to get those 100 visitors and how much does it cost to get that sale and what's the lifetime value of that customer is it going to pay off or not? If it doesn't pay off, cut it off. But if it's
0: working, there's no money to do it. Hmm. I see. So if somebody spends $97 on a $97 product, do they get that type of stretch as opposed to spending, let's say, $900 on the same product? Do they have to scale up too much or do they have to balance the equilibrium? Um, what do you mean? Sorry. In the sense of, I have a $97 product, and my marketing budget is, let's say, $1,000 a month, for example. And then my competitor has the same $97 product, but probably different from mine, of course. And they have, let's say, $10,000 a month for ads. Now, will Google favor the $10,000 ad bidder over the $1,000 ad bidder, or is that going to depend on what the user engagement and the user experience is? I'm just trying to see what works and what's best for both.
1: Well, Google looks at the ad rank, okay. quality score, the click through rate, the landing page, making sure it has the keywords in it. The ad, make sure it has in the ad has the keywords in the text. Making sure, then they look at the bid. right? Like your bidding, if say you want to spend five dollars per click, and they want to spend four dollars and ninety four cents per click, they're going to go with yours because you're spending five dollars per click. But they're also going to look at the ad rank, and if your ad rank is lower, then they're going to go with another person because they want to get conversions and leads, but it depends on your budget too. If you only have a $50 budget, and all that money gets exhausted in the first hour, it was not going to show you the rest of the day. So it just depends on what your budget is, how you day part it, how you segment it all out, what your bid is, what your ad rank is, your quality score, and all the other variables that go into the algorithm for the, the paid search.
0: Nice, thank you for that clarification because it makes a lot of sense when people get connected to things that they're looking for directly, and usually like when you have like a, let's say five click process and you, the person that you're competing against has maybe a one click away process or two click away process. It's much better for conversion. And like you said, it's 1%. So I believe that 1% highly based is based on how many clicks they have to get through to that end of the bottom of the funnel. Is that correct?
1: Um, the one percent is just kind of the industry average. Oh, just averaging it out, one to three percent.
0: Okay, more than that. But yeah, it's just kind of averaging it all out. Nice. And with the with the clicks, right? How many clicks do they have to think of? Because I'm thinking about the reason why I'm asking these questions is because I want someone to really have a clear picture of what they need to do as far as strategy, so they don't just spend money on ads just haphazardly. So if they have a website and that website is taking them to that product page or to that conversion page what's the best way for them to do it so that they don't feel like i'm actually sending this person on three different click journeys instead of one
1: well the best would uh, really sit down with me and let me look at it because it's tough it's not really one size fits all yeah every website's gonna be different every landing page is gonna be different the keywords the audiences the bids the pricing the cost per click all that stuff really goes into it so to just say this is going to work this isn't going to work we have to really dive into it
0: yeah i believe so too and it really based on testing like you just said it you know a b testing is very important as well for people to really understand where they're getting this information from and how they're taking it where they're taking it to so my thing would be for for someone who's listening to this and they're listening to you as well what is the key takeaway for someone who really wants to get into SEO? Not as a manager, not as a specialist. They just want to do it for themselves. They want to feel like, at least I have everything connected and and at least I've done the bare minimum. What would that be?
1: With SEO, the most important thing is the content and the backlinks. Having good quality content on every single page on your website and having backlinks to support that and build that trust up. Those two things alone will get them more rankings for themselves.
0: Amazing! Amazing. This has been so helpful. I think we've really like jumped on each other's and and it's it's really it's really good to see how we've jumped on each other's content planner and see how exactly this works because it's gonna like you said it's not a one size fits all strategy. It's really depending on whether your product or service based, and that really helps you to know exactly what to do next. So I really appreciate you for coming onto this podcast, the We Don't Play Podcast, to show and just tell us more because the more of you we need in this world is going to make the world a better place for us to be in
1: well thanks for having me on today and if anyone wants to get in touch with me I create a special gift for them they go to my website seooptimizers.com that's com forward slash gift they can find a special gift there along with all my contact information and I do a bunch of other free classes that I give out on that website as well so if they want to more classes all for free they could learn more about all aspects of digital marketing
0: amazing amazing thank you so much that is also going to be available in the show notes so if you were actually looking for this link and you just heard it for the first time please make sure you click on this link in the description so you can be able to, to get in touch with brandon and he can give you all the tips and needs that you need to just hack your website and do it the right way with the white hat seo strategy so this has been so helpful i really appreciate you brandon for coming and i look forward to connecting with you soon
1: Thanks for having
0: me on. You're welcome. Anytime.